welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm your host. I'm a certified professional coach and instigator of joy and intuitive human design reader. And I am here to share with you brilliant, brave, vulnerable, inspiring, heart-opening conversations. I help spiritual adventurers remember who they are and why they're here. And I do that through this podcast and I do it through my coaching and I do it through retreats. And there's one coming up in January called the Find Your Flow Retreat. And you can find that one on my website, kelseyabbott.com slash finderflow. You guys, this episode, you will hear me Well, you won't hear much of me in this conversation because I spent much of this interview, I call most of my conversations conversations, but this one in a way, I guess is more of an interview because I didn't say much. I spent most of the time with my mouth open, sometimes mumbling yes. This was a conversation with my soul and it it felt to me like my guest, Anahata, was pulling stuff out of my soul, things that I didn't have words for. It resonated so deeply with me that oh, you got, ah, we've, I still have no words. We recorded this about a month ago, and I have just been, I've been so excited to share this with all of you. She talks about what's going to happen in 2020. We're going to go through the eye of the needle where you need to, we all need to leave all of those old beliefs behind. It's not going to fit through the eye of the needle. We need to leave it all behind. We're just, we're in this huge period of growth and, and rebirth and re redefining who we are, what our relationship is, to ourselves, to our bodies, to our souls, to the planet. And oh, I just, you know what? I'm going to get out of my own way. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Anahata Ananda. I'll tell you that this is episode 117 for those of you counting at home. And then we are going to get to it. So Anahata Ananda blends the compassion and tenderness of an angel and the wisdom and strength of a shaman to guide profound journeys of core healing and spiritual awakening. As a certified high-performance coach, shamanic healer, and soul guide, Anahata has guided thousands of individuals through core life shifts, shifts, (laughs) helping them turn their life around and manifest the life of their dreams. Anahata is the host of the internationally acclaimed Shamangelic Healing Podcast. She's also the founder of Shamangelic Healing based in Sedona, Arizona, where she offers high-performance coaching, inspirational workshops, group retreats, private healing sessions, and online courses. You guys, you know what to do. I cannot wait to hear where this episode resonates with you. Where do you feel it in your body? Where do you carry these words with you? What comes up for you? Ah, Just share with me, please. I love you all. Go forth and be awesome. So you are the first shamanic healer to ever be on the Find Your Awesome podcast. <laughs> well, it's an honor, you know. Uh, I I love uh, all things shamanism, and uh, so it's it's been a passion of mine, and I'm happy to share with your listeners, um, you know, a bit about the medicine that that is that comes from you know shamanic healing and and the shamanic wisdom principles. Yeah, can you explain it to us a little bit? I think most people think of shamanism as something historic, not necessarily something that exists in 2019. Yeah, well, um, shamanism is such a broad term and it it encompasses so many different beliefs and different traditions because there are many different tribes, many different cultures, many different beliefs, traditions, and um, approaches. And so you know, shamanism as a broad umbrella kind of covers a lot of ancient cultures. Um, But we have these principles kind of really present today. And it's not just tribes that don't live here anymore. I mean, there's, there's shamanism is practiced in modern day 
all around the world. And, um, you know, what I, what really drew me is um, this reconnection to nature, especially as our planet is so crying for us to pay attention. And in our evolution and, and, technology and industrialization we've become disconnected from mother nature and one of the things that's so common in shamanic principles and practices and wisdom teachings is this deep connection to mother earth and nature and the elements and the wisdom that exists right there with the rising sun and uh, uh, and a setting sun about the cycles of life and uh, that flow, the ebb and flow of water and the changing of cycles and plants and trees right now that are losing their, their leaves and branches. Well, that's, that's a clue for us humans of like, wh wh where can we release leaves and branches that have served their season and our purpose and we hold on so tight and nature shows us, hey, you know, we're not meant to be holding on to and be in perpetual spring or summer. We're meant to go into this place where we close chapters and surrender and release and mourn and replenish and rejuvenate. We're not, you know, meant to be the fire element all the time. We're also meant to be water and, and stillness and earth. And so nature has so many teachings. And I think one of the things about shamanic wisdom is that that's one thing it does have in common, common is a reverence and a respect for the wisdom found in nature. Mm. This speaks to me it speaks to my soul yeah so strongly yeah i i since we moved to florida we lived in maine for 10 years and um since moving to florida it's there's a lot of things we love about it but the connection to nature except when i'm actually in the ocean it's different yeah there's not as much here mm. and i miss it yeah, this is, you, you, when you said it speaks to your soul, that's one of the things that is underlying a lot of the addictions and depression um, is this disconnection to soul food, foods, food, you know, that really nourishes the soul. And being in nature is one of those things that is soul food. It nourishes our soul. And, uh, you know, many of us that were raised in cities, in boxes, you know, with our tennis shoes on and, and never going to nature and, and, and just it just being a tree that's at a park rather than, you know, camping and being outside in, in, in the raw, raw nature, the raw ocean, the raw mountains, the trees. And um, in that disconnection, we start to feel alone. We start to feel unloved. And there's this nourishment that happens when we're what they call forest bathing, you know, when we're just walking through a forest or laying on a beach um, or, you know, taking a mountain hike. It's, it's all of this energy that is coming from Mother Earth because she has a certain frequency. And when we're in big cities, it's built over top of, it's blocked, and so we don't feel that earth frequency and with our shoes and with our tire treads and with our you know house foundations we're actually literally disconnected to that frequency and you know barefoot walking and grounding actually being barefoot on the earth and just being laying on the earth that's why laying at the beach feels so good because we're actually on the earth we don't think of it that way but we're actually laying on the earth and so we're getting all of that energy and it does nourish our, not only our soul, but it also um, heals our physical body. It calms the nervous system and it increases our immune system and it makes us feel held. And we don't realize, you know, as kids, we used to just, you know, lay down, you know, on the ground and take a nap. We, you know, we'd run around in barefoot and climb trees and felt great. And, you know, it's that nurturing that groundedness, being held, and also just the fresh air that comes off when you're in a forest, just in cities where we're literally starving ourselves of oxygen. And of course, that is going to affect our energy. Of course, that's going to affect our mood. Of course, that's going to affect digestion. Of course, it's going to affect our mental and emotional states. And then we're going to reach for a surrogate like coffee. We're going to reach for things that to sedate or f try to fill that void. And so underneath, uh, you know, we don't think that this is part of the healing for humanity. 
which then can turn around and heal the planet because we can't really heal the planet if we're disconnected from her. Mm. You know, you know, I looking at my Facebook memories from like around this time, I had a series of stress fractures and then pneumonia and there was something else in there. And we lived really close to this, like we could walk to trails through the woods. And there's this whole series of me thanking the forest for the healing energy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now in Florida, my dog, my 13 year old, super wise dog, makes sure we go outside every day in the backyard and we just sit or just lie yeah. down. Yeah. And he'll be like super urgent. We're like, oh my God, you gotta, you gotta pee? Okay, we'll, we'll go outside. We'll rush outside. And he lays down in the grass and looks at us, those wise eyes. And we know, yes, it is time right. to just be here. Right. That grounding actually heals inflammation. It calms the nervous system. I mean, there's so many benefits. And, you know, this disconnection from nature, it's also where we turn on our inner child and play. It's also where we receive and nap. And, you know, this is this is um, an epidemic of this disconnection from Mother Earth. And um, and it's it's causing this angst in us. And so, of course, we're going to overconsume when we're in angst. Of course, we're going to not really care about the consequences of what's happening to the planet, of course, because we're in a de you know, deprived state. When you're in a deprived state, when you're in a survival mode, you're not really you know, considering anybody else. And so this is kind of what's happening right now with humanity is, is that it's reflected in what's happening in the planet. You know, it's, yeah. it's reflected the toxins we're not dealing with, the disconnection, that there's consequences um, to industrialization. And it doesn't mean we all have to, you know, uh, ditch our cars and um, just go barefoot and live in a, you know, live in a teepee. But it's more about acknowledging that and being aware of it. And how can I live a modern life and um, be connected to nature? How can I make sure that I'm getting outside and sunbathing and um, really enjoying, you know, an oxygen bath where there's a lot of trees is, you know, and, um, you know, how can we make that a little bit more of our everyday life? Because it's not about, okay, I have to leave New York City, but it may be that you leave on the weekends, um, or you, you take three day weekends from time to time to, to really nourish the soul in an immersive nature environment. So when I lived in Washington, DC, which is the only time I really lived in a city, Every single weekend, yeah. I got out into the woods yeah. Every, and it was like an urgency, like, no, I can't do anything else. I got to, I got to go. I got to go to Shenandoah. I got to yeah. hike. Yeah. And so that was probably because you were raised doing then, some of those things. And um, I was too. I was raised going, you know, to Kings Canyon National Forest and the Sequoias, like those, you know, a thousand year old trees and like when I woke up there for the first time and I looked around I was like wow like it changed me and I've craved going back to the forest and going back to these places over and over and I get jumping in cold water I'm, I'm a waterfall waterfall um, connoisseur mm. hunter you know <laughs> just where can I plunge in water because it feels so good the negative ions that are coming off waterfalls and it just it helps me to deeply exhale from the stresses in my life. It's medicine for my soul, but also for my physical body and for my mental and emotional state. And, you know, for those listening and watching me, you know, you and I were, you know, had parents uh, or family members or, or uh, you know, people that were saying, hey, let's get out in nature. And maybe, you know, some people listening weren't really raised camping or adventuring or, or hiking or backpacking or any of that. And so that doesn't mean you can't start. It doesn't mean you have to, you know, hike the Pacific Crest Trail, you know, <laughs> backpacking. But it, it is like, how can, how can we prioritize getting into nature that feels good for you? You know, whether that's to a lake, whether that's to the ocean, whether that's to a mountain view, the desert here, I'm in Sedona and I love it here. Um, you know, what kind of nature feels comfortable to just start getting in more often and then do your physical fitness outside if you're going to take a walk. You know, um, my gym is nature um, and I can lift rocks outside 
outside. I can do yoga outside, you know, and, and even with, you know, challenging climates, well, then you might ski outside, you, you know, make snowmen with the kids. And it's, it's the invitation here today is like, how can I get outside more? And, and what, in what environments is that Hawaii? Is that the desert like really nourish you? And if you don't know, go try different things. For those that really haven't been raised in that environment and know what they want, well, then you've just got to get outside of your everyday habits and go explore some places and find what nourishes your soul. All right, two things. One, <laughs> just like you're saying everything that you're saying again, it speaks to my soul so much. This is what I live for playing outside. That's, that is a non-negotiable for me and have, has been every part of my life. But today there are so many people who are, again, they're like in that survival mode Yeah, and would say, I don't have time to get outside. How do we reach them? So the opportunity cost is health. Let's just be straight about it. You know, if we don't prioritize downtime and that's what, you know, we're fall is that the season that we're in right now, it's fall and we're moving and we're moving towards winter. And it's just like, you know, no plant blossoms and fruits 365 days of the year. And it's not a, it's not a weakness. It's not, you know, a laziness. It's more about honoring, okay, I need a deep exhale. So we'll need to find ways to prioritize that and step back from go, go, go all the time. That doesn't mean I'm saying quit your job, but it's like step back from activities. What, what can we take a break from? What can we release ourselves from certain responsibilities that we've put on our own shoulders or we're afraid of, you know, those expectations? Well, what will people think if I don't show up to the thing? Like, who cares? If you need downtime, take downtime and like embrace it. And, you know, those, those of us that are, you know, dancing with the go, 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 go all the time. And I'm still, you know, in this, curiosity uh, around balance because there's times when we give, give out, give out, um, but it's not sustainable. So that we also need to practice then, okay, like before this call, I was saying, okay, busy season is just like, it was super intense and I'm just taking a pause and a chill. I'm not rushing right into the next thing. I'm not putting a lot of tasks right in this week because I'm replenishing from six weeks of full on intensity and that's not sustainable. So that was then that big push and that big service. And so um, you don't have the time not to. And we're going through the eye of the needle right now um, as we prepare for 2020. And the excuse of there isn't time won't pass the test of longevity or sustainability. It won't pass the test. And so we what does can't. That mean? What does that, the eye of the needle mean? So, you know, we since 2012, since 2012, we've been as most of us are aware, going through a quickening, things are accelerating, and only what is rising to the surface will go through the eye of the needle. We can only take through truth. We can only take through consciousness. We can't take victim mentality. We can't take stressaholic. We can't take, you know, uh, limitation, limiting beliefs. Like, we are rising. Humanity is rising. We are evolving, and we cannot stop it. And, and um, we have to, in order to stay on this planet, we don't have any choice but to come into the vibration of love and the vibration of consciousness. Because if, you know, uh, if, if what continue, if what we're doing continues, we'll self-destruct and we'll take the planet with us. And she'll kick us off and then she'll go on. She'll heal herself and start again. And we have this we either evolve or we die. It's really that simple, as is the case with, with, with all species. We either evolve or we die. And this overconsumption, this uh, obsession with materialism, this um, disregard for the future and for the planet is not sustainable. And we're getting checked, we're getting checked by it. Um, and this is where cancers are on the rise. This is where a lot of different health things are accelerating because 
the habits that are going along with them are, are not sustainable, which would be, I don't have time to connect with nature is one of those habits that is not sustainable. It's part of the problem. We, you know, and we're here to enjoy life and not be a workaholic all the time or a busy, a busyaholic all the time, you know? And, and so it's a process. We get to practice letting go of those things that have been familiar so that we can rise above and evolve. We're here to follow the joy. We're here to follow the joy. And that doesn't mean we stop, stop working, but we start doing things that we love to do. Mm-hmm. And we start looking at, well, is this what, is this why I came here? Is this really what life is all about? just going to the next meeting and starting it all over again and, and, and rushing. And so I want to read to you and to the listeners this, the Hopi elders and um, the Hopi are a tribe, um, a native American tribe. They actually live not far from here in Sedona. Um, And this is uh, the Hopi prophecy. And this is from the, um, from the Hopi elders. You've been telling the people that this is the 11th hour. Now you must go back and tell the people that this is the hour and there are things to be considered. Where are you living? What are you doing? What are your relationships? Are you in right relation? And where is your water? Know your garden. It's time to speak your truth. Create your community and be good to one another. Do not look outside yourself for the leader. This could be a very good time. There's a river now flowing very fast. It is so great and swift that there are those that will be afraid. They will try to hold on to the shore. They will feel they are being torn apart and they will suffer greatly. (laughs) Know that the river has a destination. The elders say that we must let go of the shore, push off into the middle of the river and keep our eyes open and our heads above water. See who is there with you and celebrate. At this time, we are to take nothing personally, least of all ourselves. For the moment we do, our spiritual growth and journey will come to a halt. The time of the lone wolf is over. Gather yourselves. Banish the word struggle from your attitude and your vocabulary. All that we do now must be done in a sacred and in manner and in celebration. We are the ones we've been waiting for. Holy, that has, that was, that's got like resonance throughout my whole body. (laughs) What was something that landed really deeply for you, Kelsey? That whole thing. I felt like, I felt like that in a way I felt like I wrote it. (laughs) I felt like the, that was in me. Yeah. Yeah. I I could. As you mentioned, the river and pushing off into the river, oh, oh, I feel that so strongly. That's the thing is, is that we're all being, you know, invited to look at where we're holding on to the shore, whether it's approval from somebody else, whether it is we're holding on to a limiting belief of ourselves, whether we're holding on this tight grip of a substance maybe that has helped us to sedate until we're ready to look at the pain that we weren't able or having the tools to look at before we might be holding on to a relationship that really has evolved and it has served its purpose we might be holding on to a job or or to you know a lifestyle that isn't sustainable and that's what the Hopi are talking about and they they will suffer greatly and we're all none of us are outside of this transformation and going through the eye of the needle is like, we can't take this baggage, these addictions, this limitation, this ignorance, we can't take this unconsciousness through to the next level of our, our evolution of humanity. Like it won't sustain at that vibration, the, the, the battle, the, uh, just you know greed the hate it will not maintain in this next vibration of the humanity evolving and so that's why so many are suffering and you're being stretched i'm being stretched nobody's safe <laughs> since 2012 we've been given this grace period to 
be, you know, letting go because us humans take more than a minute sometimes <laughs> to make I was going to say, change. that's so kind. Right, they how know kind. we're a little slow. Yeah, we are a little slow, That you know, and that's okay. And time's up. Mm. Time's up. And so it's, it, it's not that we don't have time not to sit still in nature because that's that's where the that's where the the greatest church resides is the stillness of being in nature and contemplating and sitting still and just listening and feeling and asking and being open and being vulnerable and allow the heaviness to to rise and be released so that we can receive the pearls from the from the pain and the suffering and the challenges or the limitations so that we can say, okay, each one of those traumas or experiences or addictions or whatever you, I, any of the listeners are dealing with, they all have treasures connected to them. And if we sit still rather than run, hide, sedate, blame, distract, ignore, um, if we sit still and actually move towards it and face it, then we can evolve it. We can rise above it and we can take the pearls and the teachings and the lessons. And that's going to help us navigate our path without those. We, we will drown by holding on to the past. And that's what they're talking about. The struggle is, is that holding on rather than let me let go of this story from my childhood. It doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It doesn't mean that it's not real, but it, it, but, but it is, your classroom for what you're going to do with it and what are you going to learn from it so that you can apply it. And that's what helps each of us stay afloat in that river is that we've, we've learned the tools. Okay. I can't give my power away. Okay. I can't um, be inauthentic. I can't just sedate my feelings. I have to learn to face them. I can't lie about who I truly am or what's important to me like all of those things that come out of those painful lessons those are the things that teach us how to swim in these treacherous waters right now that's it and like i can't be your life jacket you can't be mine we all have to learn how to tread or we drown and that's just the way it is (laughs) i know that's kind of harsh but that's where we are you know and treading it takes energy it's not like we just push off and boom Yeah. yeah So, you know, it will take skill to navigate and tools um, to to navigate what's happening right now. Um, And the addictions just aren't meeting the need anymore, you know, whether it's addiction to Netflix or addiction to alcohol or sex or whatever. um, They just aren't, nor were they ever really meeting or filling that void, that gap, and the gap's getting bigger and hungrier. And it's the wake-up call. It's the, it's the dark night of the soul, and we're all going through it. And it's, it could be a great time. It could, you know, just like the Hopi say, hey, this could be a great time. You don't have to do it alone. Because there are people like you. right you know like we're willing to be like yeah i'm still figuring this out oh you know i've had lots of training and lots of experience and run a whole shamanjelic healing center here in sedona and have thousands and thousands of of clients over these last you know almost two decades and i've i've had the opportunity not only to learn from my experiences but also to learn from the stories that they're bringing to the table for me to see um, what are the different forms of that thing that we're holding on to on the, on the shore and how similar it is across cultures, across religions, how, how similar our stories are. And underneath it all, we just, we just want love and we just want to be happy and we just want to be seen. And those are all our responsibilities because we've outsourced that to somebody else. Well, if I just want to be loved, then if he or she doesn't love me, then I guess I'm not lovable. And that's just a lie. We can be holding on to that lie. Nobody loves me. I'm not lovable. And that can be what drowns us because it's just not true. Um, We just want to be happy. And uh, our, our happiness isn't somebody else's responsibility. A partner, a husband, a wife, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, you know, um, 
cannot make you happy. You're the only one that can choose and feel what brings you happiness and maybe what used to but doesn't any longer. You're the only one that can sense when that has come to full circle and when it's time to change a hobby or make a different choice. And we all just want to be seen and we keep looking for Facebook followers or Instagram fans or, you know, our society, family, or peers to see us. And it's, again, not their responsibility or their ability. That's our responsibility to deeply see who we are. And we can't see who we are if we're always rushing and we don't stop and exhale and kind of get to know ourselves and what's there like we've got to see ourselves for our shadow and for our light and and love all of it and you know we're the only ones that can make the choices to then move forward to create happiness love and and acknowledgement in in, in how we choose to live our lives now that exhale the letting go the the thing that our body does for us every day that breathing yeah. We can't, like, I'm not thinking about breathing right now, but I'm, I'm doing it. My body's taking care of it. Well, and when we're in that stress mode, we don't exhale very much and we don't inhale very much. We shallow breathe. And so we're actually starving ourselves from life when we're in that panic mode and the diaphragm is pulled up and our shoulders are hunched and we're kind of in that anxious, rushing, kind of always dancing with the clock and the next commitment and the to-do list and what needs to happen next. We're actually starving ourselves of the breath. We're still breathing. We're still alive, but we're not thriving. And so one of the things that I really like to do when I have been in that kind of go, 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 because it happens, we're not, we're not going to not be living and, and serving, is that to balance that out, we do, we take the exhale extra long. So an inhale, let's say for four counts, and then we hold it for like six and then exhale for an eight, nice and slow. And so to, to balance out the go, go, go intensity and the unconscious shallow breathing, intentional long exhales help to balance that. And nature somehow invites us when we go outside and we're in such beauty, it's like, Ah, oh, that sound is exactly, because it's nice and long and drawn out, that is what turns on the parasympathetic nervous system, that other side of our, our, our nervous system that is not in flight or flight, but is in repair and mend and replenish. And that's where we actually, that's the fountain of youth. This, ah, oh, like slow exhale, because then we get to stop the wheel and just kind of be with, huh, what am I noticing about how I'm feeling? What is working in my life and what isn't? And if we don't pause to ask those questions, we don't know what, like the trees, to let go of, which branches we keep and which, which we don't. If we don't take a note from this fall season that we're in and just say, well, is this still serving me? If we don't take time for reflection then we hold on to the wrong things and let go of the wrong things mm -hmm. and we just zap our energy every way it, that's how we really deeply exhaust ourselves because we're holding on thing to things that either aren't ours that's a big one we tend to take a lot of stuff that isn't ours and hold it which is very heavy or we take and hold things from the past and they've, they've served their timeline, but we're still holding them also very heavy. And um, those, unless we pause, we can't quite determine what to let go of. Because we can't see it. We can't see, we can't see it. We're, we're just going to hold it. And we just do the same thing we did the day before. But the weather is changing. Nature recognizes, oh, the weather is changing. My relationship is changing. I'm changing. Hmm. The environment is changing. Hmm. So does this job still fit? Does this substance still work? Or is it leaving me less whole? This drinks on Friday night, does that serve who I'm becoming or who I've been? Mm. 
and in, and unless we take time to contemplate that, and I do, you know, when I work with all of my clients um, at a coaching level, the first thing that we're going to do is an assessment. Where are you at? Where are you at? And that's what the pause and nature does for us is to just check in where you're at, where you at. And then from that place, we can make better decisions. You know, when you did that long sigh, yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard yourself do that, <laughs> but I heard the ocean lapping on the shore and I heard the leaves rustling in the yeah. wind. Yeah, it's, na it's natural. It's just, it's nature. <sighs> you know, it's, it's just the way the, the ocean goes back in after a wave has come up and it's, it's come up onto the shore and it's like, oh, and it just kind of, gravity just pulls what's left of the wave back into the ocean and then we do it again. And it's just gentleness. Mm -hmm. And this is the water element, again, with nature that is fluid and flexible. And when we are making changes and when we are looking at the past and looking at where we are, it's not uncommon for the water element to rise, also known as emotions. To be like, oh, when we sit in that truth, we might be like, yeah, this relationship is over, or I need to, I need to stop drinking, or whatever it is that that where as the truth rises when you're still, then you know we may need to honor some emotions that go along with letting go of that thing or closing that chapter. You know, that's it's okay to grieve here. It's okay. We're so busy, we don't take the time to not only exhale and contemplate, but also mourn or feel anger, sadness, grief, resentment, because their intelligence, you know, our emotional intelligence is in the water element. It's so wise. She has so much to share with us, but if we're not listening, then the, the gentle wave turns into a big swell, which if gone unignored, you know, ignored over time again and again becomes a tsunami and takes us out. And we're like, where did that come from? It's like, well, it's been knocking on the door. <laughs> and that, that knock is happening for all of us. It's, 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 you know, it's, um, and some it's gentle for some, you know, my client this last, just this last week, it's like the wake up call is four stage breast cancer. That's the wake up call for her right now. You know, and for other for others of us, it might be a breakup. It might be um, like an addiction that is really causing a lot of problems socially in your life, um, or physically in your body, or waking in the morning and loathing your job. You know, so it's all the knocks are all going to be a little different for each of us, um, but we're all going through it, and that's what we have in common. And but I I can't let go of what somebody else is clinging to for them and no one else can do it for me and it doesn't mean that i don't love my relatives or the the people in my life that, and and my clients too but i that's the thing is we go through the eye the, eye the needle by ourselves not that we aren't but we're all going through it and that's where we're together mm -hmm. um, but each of us have to kind of face what what we need to leave behind individually and we can get help. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Help, actually. Yes. There's, you know, with whatever the challenge is, um, there, are people that, there are people that have navigated through that and can certainly help you. That's why practice is devoted to, pe to helping people release the heavier baggage and, and up level for sure. Yeah. You're reminded when you use the word baggage, it's reminding me of a past guest. Kirk Walker is a softball coach at UCLA. And he tells his athletes, like they're boarding a plane, leave your bags at outside of the practice field. Yes. You can pick them up on the way out. Yeah. Leave them there. Yeah. And, you know, um, for your listeners, I want to, I want to, there's a, there's a guided visualization I would love to give your listeners on surrender. And it's about that. It's about surrendering and it's about letting go. And it's a beautiful guided visualization of just what can I leave? What can I leave here? And um, it's a powerful process uh, to just acknowledge how much we've been holding 
much of which is not even ours. What does the word surrender mean to you? It's this posture of the hands being up instead of closed or by our sides. A surrender is, okay, I really, I can't control whether my mom or my brother does this thing or don't doing that. Like surrendering the, the illusion of control. Like I can't make that choice. And so the surrender is also what I consider to be allowing that it is where it is. Okay, my health is where it is. I'm surrendering to the truth. I'm not in denial. I'm not, you know, whatever it is, I'm surrendered to the reality. I'm no longer attached to the illusion, the lie. Um, and I'm surrendering this understanding that, wow, that wasn't even mine to hold in the first place. Why am I holding for that for my dad? Why am I holding that for my grandmother? It wasn't my experience. It wasn't my trauma. It wasn't my story. And I surrender my self-proclaimed, you know, <laughs> um, responsibility to hold that for somebody else. I surrender that this this isn't my density to transmute, and I, I can't I can't process that. And then I also get to surrender also um, the denial. Uh, the ignore, you know, ignorance, which is also ignorance, same thing. Um, the betrayal of where I'm not being honest with my own issues. You know, it's like, okay, I get to surrender ego. I get to surrender the lie. I get to surrender making excuses. I get to surrender, you know, the procrastination and, and to be, to be. I, I think surrender is just like real raw presence. Mm. There comes, uh, for me, there's also this humor of, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Why did I think I was in control? I think yeah. I had any idea what I was doing. Right. Yes. Yes. yes that's, that's, that too is, you know, is, is sur the, the surrender the illusion of control. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I can't control what anybody else does, but I can control my response to what they do. And so I'm surrendering responsibility for what I didn't create, but I'm also claiming, the flip side of that to me is claiming and being accountable for what I can control mm -hmm. and what is mine and the impact of the choices that have that I have made that have harmed others, you know, that's radical accountability and, and, and it's not surrendering responsibility it's taking responsibility for, for what I, you know, for the vibrations that I put out there um, for the pain that I've caused up to myself or others. And so that's the opposite because the tree does not just fall down every fall. It says, wait, this, I am holding on to the roots and the trunk I am holding on to certain branches, yes, because this is mine. I'm just supposed to let go of those things from last season so that I can grow taller, let go of that story, so I can surrender the story so that I can become the next version of myself. Because if I keep holding on to the victim, then I'm stunting my own growth. Yeah, just let it go. And, and then there's this season of, it looks like nothingness. Yeah. You know, um, one of my, t I did a whole a winter camping outside. Um, and I actually, it was about six months from part of fall and in, in, through the winter and into spring. And I got to watch a tree completely change outside because I was camping right underneath it. And I got to watch how it looked and then it changed leaves. And then, and in the wintertime, it looked like nothing was happening. But when I put my hands on it, I could feel all this movement inside the tree, you know, building new root systems so that it had a wider base to, you know, collect more water and more minerals. And I was, I could feel that there was a lot happening inside the tree. It was reorganizing things and getting ready to make new branches. So it was, you know, moving things around and there was a lot happening, but it was replenishment. It was rebuilding. 
And from the outside, we could think, oh, what a lazy tree, you know, not, not having fruit. You know, there can be a lot of judgment um, from society when we're in contemplation or taking a quiet retreat or turning off our phones. There can be a lot of, what's wrong with you? You know, there can be a lot of judgment about stillness and reflection. And I think it's time to re rewrite that, that we um, support and encourage downtime and reflection as a wise move. Mm. I wrote a post just last week. I call it the in-between. And being in the in-between, and I wrote about I'm really excited about it. This is where I am right now. And I feel, I feel the stuff flowing. I feel the brilliance brewing and I feel it. It's just not ready to come out yet. And I'm okay with that because when it does come out, I know it's going to be beautiful. Right? This is the wisdom of divine timing. You know, nature doesn't look at a rose and it's like, you haven't blossomed yet. What's wrong with you? You know, it's just like, well, the daffodils do that first because they're ready. And that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me that it, take, uh, it takes me six more weeks, you know. Um, and if we look at a rose in the wintertime and it, it just sticks and it's just brown and it's got all of these sharp barbs on it, but it's preparing that beautiful scent those soft petals that bright color it's that whole other six months that it's dormant it's still a rose and 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 it can be beautiful and and fragrant because of that uh, because it's wise enough to say you know what this isn't my season right now and it steps back without judgment and it and it, there's divine timing and so this in-between that you're in, this in-between that I'm in, this in-between many listeners are in, are in this space of really sitting with not just what's next, but what's next that's in alignment, what's next that is sustainable for me, what's next that is supporting who I'm becoming, not keeping me where I've been. I'm just going to breathe that in. <laughs> <sighs> It's a great question to be like, is this supporting who I'm becoming? Mm. Is this supporting the way, like, is it supporting the push off from the side of the river? Yes. Is it supporting vibrant health, joy? Is it supporting, um, you know, my happiness? Is it supporting a positive impact on others and humanity? Is it supporting my evolution or is it keeping me small, holding me back, limiting me in some way, um, leaking my energy? And I, I love this question of just like, is this supporting or feeding who I'm becoming? Thought, habit, group of people, you know, lifestyle choice, like relationship choice, well, all of it, like, is it supporting who I'm becoming? Which means we'll need to sit quiet enough to feel the rose in the winter. We can feel, like the rose bush knows, I can feel it's coming, but it's not there yet. Mm -hmm. But we know, and, and, the, and if we sit in that quiet, like the winter, like the rose, when we sit in that quiet place, we can feel, this is what's blossoming in me. And it might require different habits, different food, a different sleep pattern, a different location. It might require a different circle of influence and teachers and skills that we may not currently have or we have at a level three and to go to support us of who we're becoming, we may need to level that three up to an eight in order to support who we're becoming. And there may be things that we've never reached for before that are um, necessary. So that's why new root systems, it says, okay, I'm going to go over here and get a coach. I'm going to go over here and work on my health. I'm going to go over here and do these different things because I, I might need to learn conscious communication because maybe I was never learned that for my relationship. I might need to learn a skill or cultivate a quality. And this is what is where we get outside of our comfort zone because in that stillness, we can say, gosh, I need this in order to go there. And that becomes our next steps that helps us, instead of just do what we did the day before, we're like, wow, I might need to move in a direction or learn a new skill or reach out and try something new. Mm 
in order to support who I'm becoming. And that stillness is what lets us see that. It is one of the many tools. And we've got to step away from everybody. Not in this, it, you know, I know that the Hopi prayer says the lone wolf is over, but all of those other questions, it says at the beginning, like, where are you at? Where are you going? Where's your water? Where, where's your people? Like wh that's, and those are individual questions. You know, who am I? What are my, my priorities? And what really am I meant to do in this life? And, and am I, am I living an impactful life? Am I leaving other people and the planet better than I found it? And if not, what will I do to change that? I love the, where is your water? Yes, we're, this, we're mostly water and our planet is mostly water and we're polluting her at an exponential rate. And so that same water, the polluted water goes into the clouds and goes onto the crops. And so um, the chemicals we put on, um, you know, uh, conventional produce goes right into the food and that goes right into our cells and it goes right into our water in our body. And so that definitely affects leaky gut digestion, like all the toxicity, all of the different cancers, it, it affects that. So where is your water is like also, is it clean? And are you supporting clean practices in your neighborhood so that your water stays clean? Mm. Are you protecting your resources? Yes. Realizing that if we don't have clean water, um, we don't live. It's just very simple. Yeah. And it feels very much to me too, like, are you honoring where you come from? What makes you whole? What makes you flow? Yeah. One of, one of, one of the tribes that I study with talks about the spring that is like the beginning of water as, as the little girl, you know, and then the stream is like that young woman you know, that young maiden, and then the lake is like the mother. And then she flows back down into the grandmother, which is the ocean. And it's talking about this evolution of water, which is a beautiful metaphor. And, and at the spring level, our water is, is, you know, pretty clean. And then as it goes through humanity, as it goes through the, you know, cities, um, and we're sending it back to our grandmother, but the grandmother is the one who births the, births the springs, you know? So uh, the water on our planet, it's, it's a closed loop system. We have the ice, you know, we have some things that are in ice, some water in ice. We have a lot of it in oceans and then in rivers and lakes. And then the rest is up in the clouds ready to be rained again, but it's a closed loop. And so taking care of our water, which is also for us taking care of our emotional body because all of those water elements it's it's when we ignore the toxins in our emotional body that's what we are a mirror for what's happening on the planet when we see all the plastic in the trash floating the size of france in the ocean we're like hmm it's not like oh those people that polluted the water so we've all we've all added plastic water bottles to that big landmass of, of, of plastic floating. And the, the deeper question is, where am I not honoring the trash that is inside me? Mm. The emotional heaviness that has never been transmuted, that is that I'm not breaking down and it's like plastic and it's just staying there my whole life. And it's just like, what, like, where are you still angry? Where are you still sad? You know, where is your inner child like still throwing a tantrum about either a childhood or an adult experience where you felt wronged or hurt? And it just like get with that instead of bypassing it or sedating those feelings, like get with it. Let's recycle it. Let's make something better out of that emotional, that emotional heavy energy. Like let's take it out, take a look at it. Where'd you come from? What are you trying to teach me? What can I learn from this? And how can I go differently going forward so that if we have unresolved issues in our past, they just become our future again and again and again. Yeah. Because back to the Pacific garbage patch, it's in a gyre. It's just spinning. It's staying yes. in one place. 
We don't take it out. It just stays there. It just stays there. If we don't recycle it, if we don't move it, it, it just stays there. And so that's just, it's a metaphor for what's happening inside you, me, and the listeners of like, huh, because we all still have this emotional baggage, baggage, whether it was something that we, a conversation that, that, you know, pissed us off from yesterday, or whether it's really still something from when you were four or 26, you know, like, where, what are those unresolved issues? Because that's, that's your work. That's your opportunity. And that's the other thing about stillness in nature is like, and, and asking for help and getting the support you need so that you can um, recycle those emotions, let them rise, let's face them, let's integrate them. And let's do something, you know, that rage is trying to show you what isn't working and what to do differently. It's trying to give you a gift uh, as is grief you know, as is depression, it's like trying to tell you something so we can get real curious about what is this, what, what is this emotion trying to tell me? Um, and again, we can't, if we don't have time to go to nature, we certainly don't have time to sit with our emotions then. Yeah. Right. And to let them flow. Yes. You know, the dams are not natural for our waterways. They were mm-hmm. meant to have water flowing and fluid and our moods and go up and down just like the ocean's tides. And that's supposed to be that way. And when we honor that, then we have fewer tsunamis. And when we do have a tsunami, that is like a mega lesson trying to get your attention. So um, what's it trying to tell you? Get curious you know we have to wrap this up i don't want it to end (laughs) but i'm gonna ask you well one i'm gonna say one more question but who knows there might be a hundred um if you had a billboard what would it say Hmm. live love laugh let go Hmm. i love that I live, we came here to live. We came here to laugh. We came here to love. And we came here to let go of it all at the end of the day. You know, we'll have one final exhale and then we let go. Um, but, it, it, you know, it doesn't say die, hate, <laughs> you know, be bitter cling. and cling. It doesn't say that. It's like live, laugh. And learn. That's the other one. Live, laugh, learn, let go. Mm. Yeah, love. You are such a gift. <laughs> Thank you, sweetie. And so are you being an example for um, with the podcast and what you're doing for for a balanced, thriving life. Like you are laying it down. And I so appreciate what you're doing and, and the message you're bringing out and the example that you're bringing out and how humble and willing you are to keep learning and growing yourself and it's really beautiful to watch and i'm grateful to connect you. with you yeah how can people connect with you learn more about you listen to you more yeah well the podcast i have a podcast the shamangelic healing podcast and um so there's lots of great lots of great great conversations on there that's on youtube itunes spotify stitcher all of that and i'm at shamangelichealing.com here in sedona arizona and so people come here often to have private sessions and or a tailored retreat or come for a group event but there's also phenomenal online courses uh, courses i'm a i'm a certified high performance coach so i do online and in-person coaching um, as well for those that oh, there's online courses and lots of things to access that are everywhere from free to, you know, really deep, deep one-on-one support. So Shamangelic Healing and I'm on Instagram and all the socials at Anahata Ananda. And so, um, yeah, follow me there for inspiration and, and um, support for your journey. It's really, you know, I'm here to support people on their journey to heal and awaken. That's my, my soul's mission. And, I'm having a blast doing it and learning along the way. <laughs> I trip and fall and get back up again. And, and then <laughs> I live and learn, laugh, let go, <laughs> all of that. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. 
If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group Find Your Awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, kelseyabbott.com, and there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome. Awesome.